Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, sponsored by Loserpool.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. And on this preview show, we'll be taking a look ahead to the weekend's huge clash with Liverpool taking place at the Emirates Stadium this Saturday at 5.30pm. It is going to be a shorter one than usual because, unfortunately, I'm all by myself this week. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do my best to preview the game for you guys. And uh, I'd like to hear what you guys think ahead of this massive clash coming up at the weekend so you can tweet me at chronicles underscore afc now nobody can deny that we've been on a great run of results this past few months winning 11 on the bounce and managing to maintain our unbeaten run despite playing extremely poorly at selhurst park last sunday in most people's eyes uh, this is the first real test since our opening two defeats at the hands of city and chelsea and this fixture should probably give us a clearer indication of how far we've progressed under Unai Emery. Now let's begin by taking a look back at our recent head-to-head record with the Merseyside club and having done my research uh, and rummaged through a list of results I'm disappointed to report that it doesn't make great reading. Um, Head-to-head in our last seven meetings we've tasted victory just once. Liverpool have won three of those fixtures and the remainder have ended in a draw. It is worth noting, though, that in those seven fixtures, there have been 32 goals. That's an average of 4.6 goals per game. Uh, Maybe worth popping a few quid on that. Um, You never know. You never know. Now, I think it's fair to say that they've had the upper hand based on those statistics in recent seasons. And and these are two sides who've always shown potency in the final third, scored bags of goals, played scintillating, attacking football, but who have both suffered from long-term defensive frailties. Whilst our defence continues to be breached with a concerning level of ease, Liverpool have been able to plug the hole, tighten up, and that statement's validated by the fact that they've only conceded four Premier League goals this season. That's nine less than us. Talking about their defensive improvement, I guess the acquisition of Virgil van Dijk from Southampton has had a huge impact. And I would say that he's been Jurgen Klopp's best signing since he took the hot seat back in October of 2015. However, you'd be a little naive to think he's the only reason they've improved defensively. I think Andrew Robertson has been outstanding at left back since he's come into the team, defending effectively and offering quality deliveries into the penalty area with regularity, particularly when in the offensive phase. Add to that the emergence of someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold, recently labelled as world-class by his captain Jordan Henderson, and the maturity shown by the 21-year-old Joe Gomez at centre-back whenever called upon. 
All of a sudden, Jurgen Klopp has a number of viable defensive options, creating competition for places and subsequently raising the overall standard of defending. Now, the German coach also seems to have finally discovered the right balance in the middle of the park, offering more protection to a backline that was often left helpless, exposed and very susceptible to the counter-attack. Does that remind you of anybody? You could argue that as a result of these changes, Liverpool have lost some of their spark and fluency in the final third. I mean, it's unlikely that Mo Salah will reach the heights of last season, scoring 32 Premier League goals in 36 appearances. But it's simple maths, isn't it? If you don't concede as many, you don't need to score as many to win football matches. At times last season, Liverpool seemed a little top heavy. And whilst they're not as great on the eye, still better than most though, it must be said, the fact they've been able to find more of a balance has to be taken as a positive from their point of view. Now, from an Arsenal point of view, there are plenty of decisions uh, to be made this weekend. You know, Arsenal will have played four fixtures in nine days by the time Saturday comes around. And Unai Emery will have a list as long as his arm of, of tough decisions to make. How best tactically to approach the challenges Jurgen Klopp's slightly altered playing style will bring. Who to select in the fullback positions, given we're still unsure as to whether Hector Bellerin, Nacho Monreal or Sead Kolasinac will be past fit. Should Aaron Ramsey be considered from the start, given his high energy style? Can we get away with a Bamiyang starting from the left flank against top quality opposition? All of the aforementioned, the things the boss will need to consider carefully ahead of Saturday, and I've barely even scratched the surface. The Gunners have traditionally started slowly this season and fortunately for us, our superior quality has seen us come strong late on and either turn games around or simply put them to bed. Now you can get away with that against the division's mid-table sides, but going into a game like this one, it is of great concern. Liverpool, renowned for their fast starts, particularly in the fixtures between the so-called big sides, will be well aware of our stuttering starts and look to inflict damage from the off. In my opinion, Unai Emery's toughest task will be to understand and identify why it is we've started games so slowly, come up with a solution and implement it immediately. If Arsenal can get through the opening half an hour without gifting the likes of Salah, Mane and Firmino opportunities, I fancy us to go on and win the game. The atmosphere will be great. There's a positivity and confidence around the place, the kind that going 12 unbeaten breeds. It's an evening kickoff underneath the lights in our most high-profiled fixture since that 3-2 defeat at the bridge back in August. I'm sure the players and the supporters will both be inspired and up for it. Now, what I will say is I believe this fixture will be decided in the opening half an hour. If Arsenal can keep things tight early on, I believe Unai Emery's superior game management will see him guide the home side to victory. Um, I'd like to see Aaron Ramsey start the game despite the news that broke um, yesterday which I'll come on to in a minute um, I'm not sure that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Lacazette can both play um, interesting to see what happens there of course we're awaiting injury news on, on Kalasinac and Monreal because the left back thing has been a real problem um, you know Granit Xhaka has not done too badly but we saw what happens when he gets isolated at the weekend and also I thought we were missing his bite in the middle of the park his physical presence um, and you know Matteo Guendouzi is as good a prospect as he is I don't think he's ready to start in 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 this type of fixture so 
yeah, uh, we'll await the injury news. And of course, we'll be updating you via Twitter. So do follow us at Chronicles underscore AFC. Now, just touching on that Aaron Ramsey news I just mentioned, um, it came up on Sky Sports uh, this evening, actually. Breaking news, Aaron Ramsey will leave Arsenal for free at the end of the season after the club finally told him in person why he will not be offered a new contract. The Wales midfielder was understood to have been unhappy that nobody from the club had directly explained their reasons for withdrawing the offer of a new long-term deal following months of talks. Ramsey had found out via his agent before speaking out publicly on the issue last week, telling a newspaper that he was hoping somebody will come up and tell him why the option to stay was taken off the table. Now, I've spoken about this in the past, and my take on this is, is that it's not personal. I don't think that you know that Unai Emery dislikes Aaron Ramsey or that he doesn't value what he can bring to the squad. I think what's happened here is Arsenal are clearly working on a budget. Aaron Ramsey's wage demands are, are rather big and Unai Emery's probably looking at it in the sense that if he does tie Aaron Ramsey down on this long-term deal, it will restrict him and stop him being able to bring in the type of players that he wants, Unai Emery players. Because at the end of the day, you know, he doesn't have any loyalty to anyone at the club at the moment, apart from those he signed, I guess. The, the players that were already there are Arsene Wenger's players. And Unai Emery, like I said, I, I don't think it's personal. I think he just feels that he'd rather not restrict himself in the coming transfer windows by spending a huge proportion of the available wage budget on Aaron Ramsey. I think it's as simple as that. Let me know your thoughts. Tweet me at Chronicles underscore AFC. Now it's time for me to make my Loserpool selection of the week. Loserpool, our sponsors, of course, a brand new betting game you can find at loserpool.com. It's a great concept. All you need to do is pick a Premier League team to lose from week to week, get it right and progress to the next round. There's some fantastic prizes available. And if you stay tuned until the very end of this show for more information or visit loserpool.com, you can see how you and your friends can get involved and even compete against one another. So my pick for this week, looking at the fixtures, I think it's got to be Southampton. They travel to Manchester City, currently struggling in 16th place, and I can't see anything but a Manchester City win there. Uh, so that's my pick of the week. Let us know who yours is. Um, of course, tweet us. You already know the deal. And uh, tweet Loserpool as well. Why not get involved with them? Um, they welcome all interaction. They've got time for everybody. It's a great uh, brand and there's some great people running it. So do please check it out. That brings us to the end of this very short preview show. Short and sweet, but there's only so long I can ramble on by myself. I hope you guys have enjoyed it and we'll be back on Tuesday with a full-length episode looking back at the Liverpool game. Until then, goodbye. hero. He's a smart guy who loves sports and loves outwitting other people. Our hero needs to show the world his mastery of the game. Our hero does this by playing games at Loserpool. Our hero 
is you. Loserpool has two games. In the namesake, the games of an entire season are grouped together into weeks or rounds. After paying an entry fee, you choose one team to lose that week or round. If you're correct, you earn the right to repeat the process in the next round. But the catch is that you cannot choose a team a second time until all the teams have been chosen by you once. If you're knocked out early, you may re-enter the same pool by paying a penalty to make it fair for the other players. Or you may wait until the next pool starts in a few weeks. Razor Pool is similar to Loser Pool in that the games of an entire season are grouped together. But in this case, you pay the entry fee and predict the outcome of all the games in that week or round. You will be ranked against all other players according to your accuracy. And at the end of each round, a predetermined percentage of players will be eliminated. There is no option to buy back into a pool if you are eliminated, <laughs> and so you will have to wait until the next pool starts to play again. In both games, the prize money grows very rapidly. The pool is allocated to the last man standing, or to add a little drama, to a small surviving group if they vote according to predetermined rules. Loser Pool is about community, friendship, fun and rivalry. Discuss and debate the games and events of the week with players from around the world. Invite your friends and co-workers into your own sub-pools and see who can outsmart the group and earn bragging rights. This is your moment. Create an account. Show your sports genius. Be the hero.